and welcome back to Try Not to Die. I'm your dazed monarch, Noah Perito, and I'm here with our lone hero. Lisa Condemi, a.k.a. Gorgonzola. For one million dollars, you can personally stop me. That's right, for one million dollars, I will stop getting myself into a position where I need to immediately escape the city that I have just entered. Oh my god, you wrote that in like ten seconds, how? <laughs> just wow. a thought. Just a in thought. my brain. You can do that through our Patreon, the new one, $1 million, million dollar tier. And I will stop being a menace to society. <laughs> and I'll stop creating societies if you give us a million dollars. <laughs> well, I hope you are not too hungover from trying to win over your people, my friend. <laughs> I hope that this this after 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 party is as good as the first and second. It is time for the recap. Last time. Our hero stood before the people of the First Might, triumphant in her completion of the first trial of La Cotora. However, she was only able to catch her breath for a moment before the second trial, the Test of the Mind's Might, began. Though she made good headway with the puzzle, using Comprehend Languages to translate the ancient text to reveal a clue, one wrong move released the spirit of the first Stregorede, who quickly possessed our hero and dropped her from the tower. This proceeded to happen three times as Gorgonzola attempted to convince the ghost that her goals were true and that she was indeed worthy of this success, eventually leading to the specter releasing her, re-entering the box once more with the threat of returning with a vengeance should she ever fail again. With her keen mind and teenage determination, Zola prevailed, sending cheers throughout the people of Afinage. Their Stregorede had passed the second trial. Declaring the third trial a test of the spirit's might, Ardrahan gave Zola a choice. Slay the first threat to her power and roll a Stregorede, Kunik, or destroy the only evidence they had of her mother's existence, her spellbook and a tied scroll. The offer was tempting, but Zola could not sacrifice her ally's life, choosing to instead have the chest contents destroyed, sparing Kunik. The crowd roared, proud that the witch heiress had stood tall, letting the forgotten remain forgotten. Stregorede Gorgonzola Parma had officially succeeded the trials of her cultura and became an adult in the eyes of the First Might. The rest of the day was spent celebrating the new orc, first having her meet the other leaders of the First Might, Hiani the Null Lord, Stone the Giant Queen, and of course, Gob King Shite. Over strong liquor and delicious cuisine, her now fellow leaders prodded her, asking about her abilities and the journey north. Sacerdote Arjahan came to her defense, declaring their plan to march on the elves and asking if the others would come to their aid. All agreed, though it became clear to Gorgonzola that the first might was still very divided. The giants were near scattered, while the goblins and gnolls were clearly itching for combat. How would they be able to unite with a strong enough force to take the elvish capital and then travel across northern Emeralia to get to the other elvish city of Chilvin, where the gate is? When the leaders were preoccupied, Ardrahan made it clear that she was key to their plan, a symbol of the return to strength the First Might so desperately desired. With her at the helm beside him, the people would unite, and if united, he believed they could overwhelm their enemies, especially since the city of Affinage could apparently move. As the party went on, Zola found a moment to step away with Kunik, heading to the bathroom to discuss her potential plans given all the new developments. Deciding that she could no longer stay in Affinage, our hero told Kunik she planned on breaking into Ardrahan's office to see if he kept the objects from her cultura. 
Though dangerous, she convinced Kunik, with a nat 20, to help her and potentially join her in this escapade, the orc warrior heading back to the main room to distract slash keep watch while our hero heisted. After sending Stillin to do the very same and calling Smite to learn how to unlock an office door, <laughs> Sola entered into the Sacerdote's Sanctum, finding that the orc chief had indeed saved the contents of the chest. He had never planned to destroy the objects because of how valuable they were. The spellbook contained vast arcane knowledge, and the scroll was a map of this area of the north, one that was being used to zero in on the location of Mozzarella. Knowing she had limited time, Zola rushed out of the office, knocking the sheet off a strange mirror that was clearly a trap, closed the door behind her, and bolted through the back of the Chiesa to meet up with Kunik again. Revealing her success, the two used the fact that the leaders were meeting in Ardrahan's office to rally the party to take to the streets, hoping to use the mob as cover to escape the city's palisades. And that is where we are right now. Like a Mardi Gras parade, you party down the main avenue, giving out food and drink to any hungry or thirsty soul on the street. People hang out of their open windows, calling out to you and cheering with the crowd as music blasts and the citizens of Affinage let loose in mass for what seems like the first time in quite a bit. I'm passing out beers and teaching goblins how to shotgun. <laughs> yes! And you see that, like, you're like, okay. I'm using the tusk as the key <laughs> to open up the hole in the bottom. You see that they watch one do it, and obviously it just sprays all over them. And then you watch as all of them simultaneously just start biting Kaon. <laughs> and they're just like staring them open with their mouths and letting them explode into their face. As you continue to move forward, you see that in just a few minutes, you are once again finding yourself before the rundown, graffiti-covered tavern known as Fondue Me Dirty. Already, it is an absolute rager. And with the Chiesa crew rolling up, the ante is only upped. It's so loud that you can barely hear Stilton as he, whoo, from overhead, having caught up finally. Kunik runs up beside you and messages you as you guys kind of move with this mob heading towards the tavern. Keep playing it up. I'll get some supplies and check if the back alleys are clear. We can try and lose the elite guard there and then we just have to make it to the southern gate. If they haven't caught on to what you did in the Chiesa, then they have no reason to tighten the border. Okay, yes. Potions, food, um, warm clothes if you need. It's cold out there. And what's the security like? I mean, can we... Do you think we could try to steal a warg, or... How do we get out of here as fast and as quick as we can? Not a bad idea. Um, I will say that the Southern Gate is probably going to be heavily guarded. It okay. always is, so no more of what. a sneaking mission. Definitely more of a sneaking mission. Okay. But if a possibility arises for you to take that, or if you'd like for me to split off and kind of go and check out if that is possible, I'd, a warg would definitely be useful for traveling. I'm just thinking... How fast can we get out of here? But I trust you. If you think it's better on foot, then I believe in that. Definitely easier on foot, but after we leave, you're not wrong to think of a mount. Do they keep any mounts like outside of the city gates or all inside? All inside. Unless we ran into someone on a raid or we take one of the ones that's at the gates. We can play that by ear. We'll but good thinking. Ear. Good thinking. I'll go check out to see if things are clear. See okay. if you can... I want to get everyone as drunk yes. as I possibly can here. Keep the ante up. We want these people as wild as we can because it'll give us enough cover from the elite guards and, you know, gods forbid if they catch on to what you did in his office. Maybe as you go, start spreading a rumor. Start being like, I saw the Stregorede so trashed she was sleeping under the bar of the um, 
of Von Do Me Dirty. So that, like, there's... I'm, I'm being put in another place. Some sort of lost Stregoredi scenario. Right, of, like, she got drunk and went cow-tipping in the fields in the suburbs. Like, Be- send him in the wrong direction. Much better than flat-out revealing what you're actually doing. Yes. All right. Um, also, is that your bird? The one that's circling us up there? She, like, is eyeing this pied owl. Yes. Which way is the southern gate? Um... <laughs> you know exactly where the southern gate <laughs> is because of your keen mind, but you both simultaneously go that way and point Still that in. way. I will send him um, over there, flying over Affinage to just try and give me um, a view of what the security looks like. Oh. He takes off in the southern direction as you both begin to head inside of Fondue Me Dirty. People make way out of respect with more surging in from behind so all of that space is basically negated. Kunik manages to squeeze through towards the stairs in the bathroom in the back, but you're kind of left amongst this crowd, the bartender calling out, if it isn't my favorite customer, congratulations on your cultura, Stregorede Gorgonzola. Thanks, drinks on you tonight, right? Oh, give me a persuasion check with advantage. <laughs> Soul is like, I'm not contributing to the local economy anymore. <laughs> this shit's broken. I don't even want to be a part of it. Do you say with advantage or disadvantage? With advantage. Okay. You just got your... <laughs> it's your bar mitzvah, baby. Um, oh, how fun. I rolled a nat one and a 19, which is an 18. She goes, for you? On your kultura? Of course! <laughs> she quickly goes back and pops a bottle and just hands you an entire bottle. And as you get handed a bottle, the crowd surges forward and starts immediately ordering drinks. You seem to have simultaneously no attention on you and all the attention on you. It's about me, but no one actually is noticing that I'm really here. Exactly. And so it feels like the kind of thing where, you know, Kunik basically was saying you could, if you want to draw the attention, keep them distracted, you can. And then because of the sheer amount of people, you could do that and still disappear. But you do have to kind of play it smart. Right. Okay. I think Zola, um, launches and departing for about like five hard minutes and then is kind of like oh it's been a long day i might have to boot and rally and is going to try and like stumble out of the door basically and see if she can get like a breath of fresh air outside without anyone following her okay are you going through the front again are you going back are you gonna try and follow towards the bathrooms and stuff in the back i'm gonna try let me go out like i'm sure there's maybe a stage entrance for those goblin ladies or something like if i could maybe go back and try and like maybe shake some of their hands and be like i love the work that you do and then be like i I need i can have a smoke out back oh yes yes pulls out pulls out a really really terribly rolled cigarette for you oh what a gift Yes! I will treasure this always! Smoke it fast! It's wet! It goes bad! (laughs) (laughs) Um, As you are doing that and you're kind of navigating this crowd a little bit, give me a perception check. Okay. Yeah, looking for guards. Looking for guards. All right. Nat 20. (laughs) You are, this entire time, you've got your head on swivel. You know that this is... At this point, as we said, your body is maybe feeling that buzz still from a day of partying, but your mind is sobered. You are Mm -hmm. on watch. Your eye is practically giving you a headache from how active it is, kind of clocking in all of the activity around you. And as you do, you do see moving through the crowd from the outside, heading into this large tavern, are two elite guards. Black spiked armor with green accents. 
They are looking around, and I'll say that they kind of are entering in towards the end of this five minutes as you're having the conversation with those goblins. That's when you fully clock them. Give me, because you have the chance to see them, give me a stealth check with advantage. Okay. Oh, you already have advantage, but give me a stealth check. Okay. You're not gonna fucking believe it. Don't, what is this? It's a nat 20. We're burning the good ones up front, folks. I know. Zola is like passing shots to people and just eyes constantly darting around, like looking through people's shoulders, like shrinking away from guards, like down behind the bar yes. and shit. It is like that scene, I think it's in the first John Wick where they're, sh maybe it's not, where they're shooting at each other. It's either John Wick or it's, the born identity or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> but they're like having a gunfight through a crowd, but they're both such great marksmen that they're literally like at a distance shooting like subtly from the side <laughs> and just missing each other. So it's literally like they're looking around, you watch as they come by and as they do, you kind of swivel your body right when another orc is passing you. So you have like perfect cover and you're essentially, I'll say that even though the tusk is a pretty iconic looking thing, mm -hmm. you probably like shove it as far down into its like hold on your back so that you can duck and it's still hidden. So with a nat 20, I'll tell you right now, they would have to roll. Yep, neither one 20. of them rolled a nat 20. That's 17 and eight. You, at least for now, have completely avoided their sight. I would like to head for the pole in the middle of the city. Okay, so you sneak through the side door, which exists because you're spot on, there would be a place for the performers to walk out. Um, you walk into the side alley. You know Kunik right now is kind of both gathering some supplies and checking out just like the route to the southern gate. And you kind of go a little bit back towards the Chiesa where you see the massive wooden pole that stands between the Way and the Kurd district. Does it seem like anyone is surrounding it right now? Like it's late at night, right? It is late at night. The city is kind of partying. I'll say that it's, it's not so late that people aren't out. In general, it's kind of like people have gotten off work and it's been maybe three hours since then. So people are kind of partying and like laughing. There's definitely people out, but you think that, I'll say that you're kind of riding on the coattails of that 20. If you are quick, you can take a look. Okay, I'm going to throw my hood up run up to the pole, hoping that kind of in the chaos of the party that no one right now is like, let me catch up on the news. And I will holding the tusk um, in two hands, like um, a hand each on the blade, I'm going to write a, um, carve a tiny message into below kind of the main area where you said there are like the laws of Groomsh and mm. like the decrees and everything, kind of the official things. Yeah. I will carve into the pole. Those who are gone can never be forgotten. Those with one eye closed are practically blind. Long live mozzarella. Oh, fuck. Um, not big, like not taking up the whole pole so that people would be like, oh my God, what's the story? What's the But like the next time that someone goes to look carefully, they will maybe see it. Give me, I'm going to just say, give me a sleight of hand check. Okay. Not that this will get you in trouble, but there's some other things that I, I, I want to, yeah, I want to see this in the background. Who's taking note and stuff. All right. That's a 10. Okay. Um, with a 10, I'll say that like this whole ordeal between you getting into Fondumi Dirty and getting to this point, probably about 15 minutes total. 
because it was five minutes in there, five minutes to make your way here, and then you do, because it's so small and you're using such a massive fucking writing utensil, it is very, very delicate. And I'll say that, I mean, this trunk is a big trunk. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking, it's not maybe as big as the Veridantes trees, but it's close. Right. So you're able to get, like, full cover behind it if you kind of are, like, careful so I, I imagine that there's moments where you like stop and like rest against it like look mm-hmm. away when someone walks by and then you turn and you're this is like the slowest and most like nerve-wracking and terrifying thing that Zola has ever done like stopping and freezing every time she sees a shadow out of the peripheral and then like hands trembling as she carves her mother's name and then instantly turns heel and starts running okay you head back down you kind of duck into the alleys which as you're beginning to navigate them you quickly gather how difficult this would be without Kunik. It takes you easily another five to 10 minutes to get back to where you were because there is no, these aren't like clear streets. This isn't clear alleys. An alley to you, literally, you would imagine a straight line. These are like zigzag. That's an obstacle. I got to go back. It's more like a maze than an actual city. Uh, So you make your way through. It takes you a little bit, but you do eventually arrive in these side streets, not far from Fondumi Dirty. I light up the goblin cigarette and start walking with my head down slowly in the shadows. Give me a constitution (laughs) saving throw. (laughs) Dirty 20. Oh, I really wanted you to fail. Um, It does not go down smooth, and this 100% is not tobacco. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> it, rem- it vaguely reminds you of the spliff you had. On Takes the edge off of escaping another city. <laughs> um, as you begin to navigate, you are ducking back and forth. Um, I'm going to roll a perception check for Kunik. Nat one and a three. So, okay. Here's what happens. As you navigate these maze-like alleys designed to disorient so that the tusk towers that occasionally loom throughout the city have an advantage over those below them, you find your way back and end up at one part of the alley and you're like looking around. You can't see Kunik anywhere. She's just nowhere to be seen. I will just start kind of pointing my finger, doing the... Kunik, Kunik, Kunik. Hello, Kunik. Immediately after a few of them, you get, oh, there you are. And you realize that you are just standing on the wrong side of a building. Right. <laughs> it's just like the way these buildings are placed. Essentially, you're messaging through someone's home right now. How, how do I get around to you? Uh, you're going to have to loop all the way back. It's very complex. I'm sorry about that. No, should I just climb? Honestly, yes. That might be faster. Just be careful. Uh, you easily manage to scale like this go building. up the gutter, yeah. You pass by um, the open window of a sleeping knoll who's doing one of those doggy sleeves where its leg is twitching. I do like a wolf smell over um, a bunch of cheese on someone's windowsill, <laughs> like a pie. <laughs> you briefly levitate as you smell some really good cheese, but you pull yourself from it. Um, you've smelled that once before in the cheese plane. Uh, so you climb over and you look up. From this vantage point, you see what really faces you. You see the vast number of tusk-like towers sprouting throughout this eye-shaped city. You see the thick palisade that towers easily 60 feet all the way around. You begin to get an idea about how difficult this might end up being. You quickly stay low, slide down a gutter, (laughs) 
um, and land right next to Kunik, who you see has packed um, a very light bag. She's got a coat on. She's basically dressed how she was, but she just doesn't have as much of the equipment as she used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks to you. From here to the southern gate, there are a number of towers with vantage points. Even if we take our time, there isn't a clear way to avoid them. When the city settled, they made a point of placing tusk towers throughout the city, so there was a way of viewing not only the border, but the labyrinthian streets within. The towers aren't only designed to shoot to kill, they can capture and reel in victims as well, so if we're caught, we may need to cut the line fast. Do you have invisibility or any, anything that would be able to help I'm you? I'm able to use invisibility once a day, and I used it to get into Ardrahan's office. Alright, well, here. Um, she takes a pinch of dirt, tracing sigils in her palm uh, before giving you a forearm handshake and casting Long Strider on you. Mm. Um, so you now have 40 feet of movement because you have 10 extra um, feet of movement. Whoa! My Crocs automatically flip back into sport mode. On the- <laughs> By the way, what are these incredible shoes you're wearing? We're going to have to find you a pair. Everyone needs one pair. They look so comfortable. Uh, and then as she finishes marveling at your gorgeous <laughs> shoes, is that a, what are these little things you have stuck in the holes? <laughs> I took them out of sport mode for the party, but now they're back in. As you are describing Crocs. <laughs> Crocs, come on, sponsor us. She also takes out another component, a grasshopper leg. I'm going to cast this on you. If we are ever going to get into trouble, I will catch. She shows you the grasshopper. I will cast jump on you and we will just use it to maximize our speed and get out of there okay so she cast that one spell on you and has the other one on lock just in case you guys need it don't forget about yourself kunik you're helping me a lot right now i'm i wish i didn't have to do this after my culture after i literally went through an actual gauntlet uh kind of bad timing on my part sorry about that but don't don't sacrifice yourself for me if they find out that you are helping me get out of the city and you are left behind, then your blood is on my hands and I've already told you I won't have it. No sacrifice should be useless. I will not be doing anything stupid. And she does the same. She casts Longstrider on herself. Um, and though she'll be casting Jump on you first, you imagine that'll be like her next turn will be casting Jump. I don't have a lot of sneaking spells, but by God, if someone tries to kill us, I will kill them. That is... Is the attitude you're going to it's need? What for I'm this. equipped for right now, truly. Honestly, agree. Yes, that's that's fully fine. I have charm person. I used it on you. You think you quirk on a guard? Absolutely. That's maybe maybe that's our go-to first, and then first, kill. and then it's jumping and killing. I've done my fair share. I'm very used to this. We can definitely go both ways. I. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> you guys um, gather your things and begin to exit out of this city. In principle, this is going to be a test of perception versus stealth. However, there are a variety of ways to skew things in your favor or in the favor of those on watch. Distractions. Successful ones will essentially give them disadvantage, because I know you already have advantage on your stealth. Mm -hmm. If you do something that does not work, that will just manifest as you losing advantage on your stealth check. You won't be like automatically revealed, but I'll be like, you have to make a stealth check. It's flat Which right is now. advantage, so it's flat. Probably about the time you guys are about to leave, she looks at you and she goes, all right, are you ready? And there's a, oh, as an owl just like swoops by her hair. She goes, oh, and, pulls, and draws her battle axe. No. Kunik, Stilton, Stilton, Kunik. It just hops over and like does that owl thing where they like extend their neck really long and like kind of it's almost like it's uh posturing for her. She goes, is 
Is this a familiar? Yes. What does it look like over there, buddy? Who, who, um, begins to describe to you that the gate itself is two, and I mean, you visually saw this. It's two 60 feet tower, probably a little bit taller because they're like main tower, tusk towers. And then there is a large arch door that's about 45 feet tall and is incredibly thick. There are about 20 guards total spread throughout that gate section. And likely, at least this is what Stillen gets at, there might have been more inside, but I couldn't get close enough. Ho, 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 ho. If you want to exit through the gate, you'll have to do some talking. And if you want to leap over the palisade, the only way to access that top wall layer is to go into a tower and up it. Right. Unless you want to, I mean, you could cast jump on yourself. But I would probably be seen. But you definitely would be revealing yourself. Kunik, do you think it makes more sense for us to get to the gate maybe on, on the roofs? Like the people in the Tusk Towers are maybe looking down? They have a good vantage point. They okay. would they would probably see us. Okay, so better to wind yes. amongst the alleys. Let's stick close to the walls. You guys begin to head off, still in popping back up about 45 or so feet to keep a watch on you, but also essentially maintain a, a big enough distance that it's not like there's an owl flying strangely close to the streets and kind of in a very normal way. So as you move forward, you keep low and close to the rickety walls of these literal mobile homes. You begin to weave your way through the complex web of affinage. After about five minutes or so of stealthing, you come across the first tower with the vantage point of the streets you are walking. Curving high into the sky like the tusks that they are meant to emulate, you see clearly what you face. They are set up like many guard towers, with one exception. The top point that is the tip of this curve moves. Kunik explains that the pointed tops are basically on a swivel mechanism so they could quickly turn the top of the tooth Mm. to like point it in the direction they need to go. This is a sort of technology that they've developed that essentially allows them to pull a single lever and it spins the top rather than Mm. having to like, let's quickly take down the weaponry, turn it. I need five guys to do this. You Mm. need like two tops, one to load, one to pull the lever. Mm -hmm. As she describes it to you, you get a little flashback to your home and its proximity to Gigglevale, and you imagine that perhaps at one point, Fermaji and Gigglevale worked together to develop this kind of technology. But a- as you kind of think of that, the historian and um, educated scholar in you trying to figure it out, she pulls you down as the tower kind of tilts in your direction. All right, we can just try and sneak past and risk it, or we can try to pull something. I mean, I could always split and draw attention. We can cause a commotion. I was gonna try and see if I could create fireworks with my gun. I was trying to see if I could combine it with a spell or something to be like they're shooting off fireworks for the Stregorade and to make the thing swivel. So I'm just looking through my spells to see if there's anything that creates like fairy light or you know, something like that or whatever. If you give me an arcana check, cause we've done this before of repurposing spells in new ways. I'll, there's, you have several spells that maybe could do something. If you have like a minor illusion, if you have, you know, green flame blade, any sort of thing that could create it. And then, so here would be the risk here. You would be rolling to determine if you could repurpose this gun to, you know, using its arcane like power to shoot a spell spell, rather than you doing this and it explodes in your hand because you put a bunch of magical energy in a powerful magical weapon. Sola goes to Kunik. 
I think I could come up with like a really big distraction, but it might be a little bit risky. If you think it'll buy us time, it's worth doing. You know, eventually they're going to feel like something's going on, but if, if it's in theme with what's happening around, and she gestures back towards the raucous partying just a few streets over, maybe they, they wouldn't act. Or maybe they would act and join in. I don't know. Okay, let's see. Zola is going to try and do a little magical fuckery, pushing at the boundaries of some of the usages of spells that she has um, come up with. She is going to try and essentially, like, create a chromatic orb in her hand and then shrink it down and try and stuff it into the barrel of the gun. Okay. So that one of us can go running off and essentially shoot a magical firework into the sky and draw all of the guard towers gazes for a moment. You pull out the folded rifle, lay it on top of a crate nearby no, and unfold okay. it. Okay, never point this at a person. What is um, that? Always keep your fingers um here. What? This looks like something that is game breaking. I would just back up, actually. <laughs> you you wave her Still off. Still, and squeeze this trigger. <laughs> Ooh, comes down. <laughs> actually, hilarious. If you give your fucking familiar this. Um, okay, so you lay it out and you begin to go through. You bring out the little. Um, it is. It's a diamond worth fifty GP. Yeah, you take out this tiny little diamond that you've had that uses like the channeling focus. I bought some like shitty earrings in Aurelia, and that's what I use as my like diamond component. It's actually just a rhinestone but it's so powerful it's cubic zirconia <laughs> and it's what i could actually be a lot more powerful if i <laughs> you just use a fucking diamond yeah. <laughs> you gotta use what you got um so you take this and you like lock it into like the mechanism that supplies the arcane power to this rifle and you begin to run your finger along it and muttering some arcane glyphs give me an arcana check okay Wh- what level is this chromatic orb you know because Okay, I'm going to use a third level. I'm going to use a third level chromatic orb, save my fourth level spell for in case I need to do a really powerful charm person. Let's do a DC 13 arcana check. Okay. I have plus five to this. It is a four, but I think that if this works, it will give us enough cover that Zola... um, sees, uh, sets it down and then backs away from it and then realizes that it's pointing right at us. <laughs> and I run and last minute flip it around and give my portent of nine so that it will be a 14. You foresee a ball of fire and light consuming this alley and Just igniting several dying. buildings on fire <laughs> and you two dying in flames. Kuna going, I knew I should have stayed with Grooms. <laughs> um, but you quickly turn heel. Okay. I'm going to back up like a hundred feet down the alley and set this sucker off into the sky. And then we'll just hit the fucking bricks. I think that you should fire it that way. And she points and essentially if you guys are heading South, she's telling you to fire it um, East kind of like back so towards the party right? back. It will actually not back towards the party, but because you're shooting it high enough in the air that gotcha. it could really come. But um, kind of so that it, causes the tower to swivel in the opposite direction okay, of yeah. you guys. You launch this firework up. It and explodes. It is, in principle, just a giant fireball. Chromatic orb in the sky. It's just a huge orb <laughs> of energy that explodes, but it definitely draws the... You hear like, oh, ah, and then immediately you hear some goblins, I want to do that too! <laughs> 
Um, immediately you start hearing popping noises I and bangs. I started a new tradition. This is our Guy Fox day. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember. Um, so as this distraction goes off, you watch as the top of the tower swivels sort of in the direction you were. Give me your stealth check with advantage. I'm going to roll their perception check with disadvantage. Okay. Isn't it fun when both the numbers are next to that 20, but it's not. Oh, no. It's an eight for me. With a nine. <gasps> you hear one of them go, Oh, what are you doing down there? You hit five fireworks off. You see them turning the tower back towards you. Am I? Am I not? Am I not allowed to set off fireworks? I'm new here. You need a permit for that. <laughs> and you watch as it targets you, <laughs> and fires a net out towards you. Holy shit! What the fuck, guys? It's just a petty misdemeanor. You say that and then duck down as a net <laughs> latches around a box and yanks it over <laughs> your head, reeling it in. Oh, missed one. I didn't fucking kill someone. You look up and you see um, a knoll, an orc, and a goblin. They are all holding little goblets. They are all clearly intoxicated as well. <laughs> you give people power in a turret, they're going to use it. Do you want to try it? Oh, let me. Yeah, I won't try it. Uh, let me take aim this time. And Kuna grabs no, no. you and pulls you <laughs> as you guys run through. You technically have alerted the guards, but... Right now, they I'm don't necessarily the who you are. Illegal fireworks. Just illegal fireworks. Uh, <laughs> All right, so that actually drew attention. So sorry. You know, it, it is okay that these things happen. It was a gamble. <laughs> it was beautiful, though. Very beautiful. I definitely want to try that again. I think that would be a Maybe great tradition. Kind of <laughs> <spell>. <laughs> I think there is one. <laughs> you guys begin to run. Past the first major tower, you continue to make your way through the city with relative ease. You both occasionally have to hold as some drunk goblins pass by, or a pair of guards on watch begin to make their rounds. But all in all, things go pretty well, until you find yourself turning around a corner to see that the path you are on will now run literally right by one of these towers. Not only do you have to worry about the top of the tower, which is already rotated looking in this direction because the previous tower signaled to them that there were some people running this mm -hmm. way but you also see that there's two elite orc guards four knollish guards positioned outside and several goblins kind of hanging from the spikes of this tower uh, again lots of people are still celebrating you're right to assume that but there does look to be some that are taking their job seriously kunik messages you quickly i can go out and chat them up maybe distract them if you want to slip around and make for the gates i can meet you there that might be the best decision. I hate to make you act solo, but I'm definitely going to get stopped. And, you know, you maybe they'll just give you a hard time. I think that you're right. Just, you know, if they try to hold you up for too long, say that, you know, you're you're a grunt now and you've been sent on an errand for the Strager Day and they're going to fucking kill you if you're more than five minutes late. That's great, too, because if anything goes wrong, they can't pin it on me. And in if the they find me, then they'll be like, oh, she was telling the truth. Okay. She nods to you. You see her retie her braids, a very similar parallel to what old <laughs> Zola would do. She takes a deep breath and nods toward an alley that splits off. It'll take a little bit longer, but it'll buy you more space. Okay. I will keep Stilton above in case, you know, they're really holding you up. Then I can come try and get you out of it. 
Ho, ho. Stilton signals that if anything looks like trouble, Stilton will come to you. Okay. Um, you head off and you hear Kunik step out and go, Brother, sisters, how are you doing tonight? She's got this. <laughs> Equal charisma power. <laughs> Thanks to your enhanced speed, soon the thick palisade formed from tusk towers looms over you. You are now much closer to the gate, the third and final obstacle. You see that the towers here are much beefier and are on much higher alert. First might guards of all kinds are patrolling the border, as Stilton had described to you, though all the tusks are still facing the outer wilds. You know that given the chance, they can easily swivel your way, but these towers are definitely first rigged to look in that direction for protection. And that also leads you to think that they're probably not first set up to use netting. They might have deadly fire equipped. So you do have to be a little bit more careful here. It would certainly be possible to go over to the other side, but a few major problems stand out. One, access to the walkway, as still notified you. It's definitely, you have to go through the tower to get up there. And two, there are at least 20 to 30 armed guards in view, and as Stilton said, likely more out of sight. As you get to this point, what do you think Zola's next move is? Do you think that she's going to wait and see if Kunik comes, or is she gonna start like making headway? I'll also note to you that you do see a number of wargs nearby. Some of them have like riders on them. You, I would say maybe four total with riders, but then there is like a stable nearby, which is where a number are being kept. You liked my idea. I loved your idea. <laughs> I wanted you to have a warg. <laughs> you like, it'd be pretty sick if we stole wargs and ran out of the city. I was like, that would be sick. <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, you know, if you once you have polymorph, Stilton can be that. But right now, you don't have polymorph. Right, yeah. So, okay, so uh, okay. you have a moment here. It's probably been about fifteen minutes since you last saw Kunik. Okay, so the gates. What does it seem like the opening mechanism for it is? When I first came in, was it like they called up to someone to release a lever, or did they have like giants opening up the gates? Yes. How I, do they swing? You remember from when you approached that. Telegio signaled up to guards on top of the gate and they pulled something from up there. There's basically some sort of mechanism that allows the, these heavy doors to be pulled, but it is only accessible from maybe these, the palisade or one of the higher levels of the tower. Interesting. I think seeing that Kunik right now is tied up and like pretty much the options I have are to try and like brute force my way out right now and hope that I can get her through after me mm-hmm. or try to make some ground in a different sneakier way. I will make my way towards the like entrance to the like internal world of this gate and I'm going to try and schmooze my way up there. Okay. You exit from hiding. You walk back into the main street that literally you look back towards the Chiesa for a moment taking in what could be and how terrifying that is um, and then turn your attention back to the southern gate and begin to walk as you do let's quickly this is a little unusual give me a deception check for Kunik she has the same minus one to deception as you do Um, I'm going to roll an insight check but I'll just roll one it's just going to be a contested roll this will roll. determine what actually happens here. Okay. 
Punic is bad at lying. She gets a four total. Okay. You head towards these gates that begin to tower over you. And as you do, a number of the guards begin to perk up and you see like all of the orcs straighten into position right away. A few of the goblins like hit each other to kind of like, hey, pay attention, pay attention. I raise my hand like a big a big wave. One of the like elite orcish guards raises it as well and looks to you. Stregorede, what brings you out to the gate? You should be back there partying. I got my fill of partying. Now I want to look at the stars. You guys have a lot more out here, huh? These teens are fucking crazy. It's beautiful, yes. You, But you come from the motherland. That's far more beautiful. Oh, no, it's beautiful. But we've, we've got some lights that kind of you don't see as much at night. It's like a... And above the capital, it's like the sky is purple. True. Even at 4 a.m., it's like you can still see 100 feet in front of you. Oh, they all, like, look, and you hear some, some scattered talking about, like, what, what? Like, that's impossible. I know I'm not supposed to, probably, but could I come up and set up there? My neck hurts from craning it all night, and also I've been tossing it back doing a lot of shots. Give me a deception check with advantage. Okay. And I will roll an insight check flat. Oh my god, I did do the rolls up front. I did, did I did have my good rolls up front. I did, Noah, I did. Yep, I we, did. we front-loaded the episode, and now it's going to be a swirling whirlpool of death. Is it too late to try and charm person? <laughs> I will tell, I mean, here's... I got, I got a seven. Okay. They also got a seven. <gasps> so, I think we should just first do a roll-off. Okay. And if you fail the roll-off, I'll tell you right now, there's not like a... Oh, I need to kill the Stregorene now, it's like, you know? I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, okay, a teen like wants to come up here to look at the stars. Like they might prompt further and investigate further yeah. in that way. But it's okay, let's All re-roll. Right. Is this, this is just flat? This is just okay. gonna be a luck roll, whoever rolls we higher. Stare at each other for a little bit. So yeah. The stars? They do look good, but you they don't get closer if you're up here. <laughs> do they not teach astronomy in no, the south? My, I'm saying my neck hurts. Lay on the ground. Just because it's mucky, that's not so bad. 15? 12. Yes! All right, fine. You see, ah, the striker ready. You see a, a, a Noel rocks over and goes, oh! And howls up at it. <laughs> I howl with him. Um, a few hoping that Kunik will hear me. <laughs> um, I'll roll a perception check for Kunik. Okay, you head towards the gate, towards one of the two towers that mark either side of it. Um, the elite orcish guard that was speaking to you bows and lets you in the door, and you walk into for the first time one of these towers. Mm-hmm. It is almost complete darkness in here. You gather that essentially everyone in here is relying on dark vision and there doesn't seem to be any sort of like paperwork or things that would require the light detail that you need they operate almost in like pure blackness during the night just to give them an advantage over other people um this is something that's probably stayed with them from the start 
of their their the creation of these tusks when they dealt more with humans who don't mm-hmm. have it. But um, they are mostly existing in darkness in here. There are lots of weapons lining the walls. There is a stairwell that heads up, kind of following the shape of the tower, where you do see that the faintest, and when I say faintest, I mean maybe one candle worth of light coming from up there. That just clocks because your dark vision is so sensitive. Mm-hmm. In here also, you do see a number of other guards, probably about a total of three hobgoblins, one bugbear, and another elite orc guard that are all kind of, um, you see one of them sharpening a weapon, another one is just resting if you were eating some food. You, led by this elite orc, head up the tower. You get to the second floor, which is about 15 or so feet up, and this is, you now see, connected to two other hallways that kind of go inside of the palisade. You imagine, and actually, as you inspect them, you see they are connected in the same way subway cars are connected. Mm-hmm. It's it's a mind-the-gap scenario if you walk between these two, because they can easily detach and move on their own. Mm-hmm. You look that way, and the, the elite guard leads you up the stairs to the third floor, which leads to the actual top wall of the palisade, the massive ballista that looks to be enchanted in some way, far more superior than some of the other ones you saw throughout the city and you honestly do get an incredible view from from here you can see swaths of thick evergreen forests that lead all the way into the distance and then just barely the Ouroboros mountains silhouetted in the in the moonlit night you turn back and look towards the city which you see is going apeshit and you now see a number of people um just like a number of flashes throughout the city that you imagine are people trying to imitate the epic firework you shot up before you are up here and there are a total of five guards here the one that's with you two manning this ballista and then two one of them is on lookout of the city and the other one's looking out onto the forest just like you say, I'm gazing out at the land beyond Affinage and going, wow, it's so beautiful. And then spinning around and going, the city looks pretty nice too. And combing for, uh, to see if I can see Stilton in the air, which will hopefully like pinpoint me to kind of where Kunik is. Give me a perception check. Okay. 14. You scan and you do see Stilton. Stilton's coming straight for you flying a little higher than before but has kind of scoped you out and is flying in your direction does it seem like he seems like urgent yes it seems like he's moving pretty quickly oh shit zola starts to worry about kunik how far above the city am i you're 60 to 70 feet above the city from this vantage point okay and how far away is the last like tower, like where I sent where you split off from Kunik. 15 minute walk, so yeah. probably several city blocks. Right. Okay. So you look out, you see Stilton coming towards you fast. You see Stilton, Stilton's not an idiot. Stilton knows that you haven't revealed him as your familiar, so he's just kind of keeping the air nearby, but you see he kind of does a wide turn so you can see it is him indeed with the pied pattern. Um, and as you're, you're looking out a little concerned, you see the elite guard from your right. This cool bird. Snowy owl. Yeah. It's a rare one. You see him pulling out a crossbow. Those no, feathers. I think those might be uh, endangered. Mm, let's just roll a luck check to see if this guy's an environmentalist. Okay. It's like if you kill the owls, then you have more rats. Uh, 16. What am I wrong? 
That's just a luck check. Uh, <laughs> mm, I do care about the animals. But I am a I am a hunter, but a responsible one. It keeps the mouse population under control. Mm, it's fair to think, yes. It's like you don't want to kill a spider because, you know, they eat mosquitoes. Mm. I haven't, haven't thought of mosquitoes in a long time. Look south towards <laughs> Fromaji. Um, I am, like, glancing over nervously at Stilton. And I will um, just try and tap into him and be like, is Kunik in trouble? Who expresses to you that Kunik's lies did not go as planned. Not working. It seems like what has happened is that they have gotten to the bottom that something is up, and they have they are asking her to lead them to the gate. Mm. I think I lost my buddy. I wasn't alone a minute ago. Well, you came here alone. What do you mean? Yeah. Gosh. You guys have strong liquor, don't you? Oh, we sure do. You're new. You'll learn. You'll learn to handle it. Can someone come? Can someone come with me? I lost my friend. We promised we were gonna look at the stars together. We were gonna come up here. It was gonna be a whole thing. And then I now I'm up here and I'm alone. And I'm like, where's my friend? Well, I mean, Prangle. Do you want to watch? You Send see one little, of this guy. Yeah. Little hobgoblin comes over. Yeah. What? What do you want from me? I don't understand. Uh, bring me back down. We need to go try and find my friend. All right, Stregorade. Man marches you down Pringle? the stairs. It's Prangle. Prangle? You could call me Zola. <laughs> nice to meet you, Zola. I'm Prangle. I'm an incredibly important person in this city. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. <laughs> you down seem the of much import. You see, everyone rolls their eyes. This guy's got the huge fucking ego. Uh, last I saw, we were watching some fireworks maybe down here. Uh, you you guys are led down throughout the tower and back into the street. I asked Prangle all about his life. Prangle um, <laughs> is an up-and-coming general in your mom, Goblin's your dad. army. <laughs> uh, you know, I killed him when I was young. Typical goblins uh, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. We Holy fought sh- in combat, and I proved myself better. Defeat and, your parents. Yes, of yeah. course. Kill your father. You know, the, the kill old, your mother. Kill them both. Yeah. There is no kill other line there. Just kill both end your parents. And the line, and the line. And the bloodline, except for yourself. Um, and so <laughs> you guys walk down. Um, are you trying to, like, f- flat out trace your steps backwards? Yeah, yeah, I'm straight up going to try and, like, bring a guard and be like, Kunik, where were you? I started walking and you weren't with me. You begin to head out down the main avenue and you see coming out from the side streets is Kunik along with two elite guards, oh! the ones that were there. We got the party all together now. Uh, Zola, you found me. I oh, got that's s- Strega right out of you. Uh, yeah, of course, she looks absolutely so embarrassed. I wink at the guards. <laughs> they, Gotta keep them in line. They nod approvingly. <laughs> I know I said that. I you was, were going to come up to the gate with me to watch the stars. That was the important thing I was doing for her. I was Did trying to find... Did you forget? I... I, I am no match for your drunk. drinking abilities. You are fucking drunk. We said five minutes ago we're going to go up on the gate, watch the stars, look at the I city. I totally got... I totally thought you wanted me to go get um, looks around uh, Prangle first. But Prangle's here no, already. I was going to find Prangle. Oh, I'm glad everybody's looking for me. As you know, I'm a You're very big deal. He's a important guy, yeah. <laughs> Listen, guy. you know about the, the they kill their moms and dads? That's um, crazy, You see the right? elite guard leans over your shoulder and goes, uh, Stay great, Dan. 
That was just this guy. That's Mother. just Prangle. That's just Prangle. Prangle, you're fucking crazy. I'm crazy, man. man. <laughs> this is what happens. All right. Okay. Gangs all together. Kunik, I gotta be real. You look a little pale. You're looking a little pale in the face. Uh, yes, I 100% too much liquor. Uh, okay. Here's the plan. Yes. Looking her deep in the eyes. You hang at the bottom. I'll get a couple stars in. Do some gazing. I was doing some bird watching up there with Prangle, right? Prangle. Uh, the birds. <laughs> we saw Snowy Owl. That guy almost shot it down. We almost shot it down. Okay, you wait down here, just inside the gate. I'll go up there, and then you know, once you have gotten some water in or whatever, I'll come back down, and then we can rejoin the party. That. Sounds like a great plan, Strigo Red. She bows deeply. Um, and back, wait, everyone go. We're going back. You guys coming too? Um, and as you guys are having that conversation, you hear a call from down the street. Strigo Gorgonzola! And you turn and you see the bald head of Taleggio. We missed you at the party! Hey, who invited this guy? I, and he looks awkwardly at the other elite guards he's walking with, and you see Farmus is also with him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have been sent by the sacerdote who was looking for you. Yeah, the whole city's looking for me. I'm making the rounds, man. Telegio continues to approach until you guys stand your backs to the gate um essentially you and kunik standing right in front mm-hmm. next to you is frangle <laughs> and then you have two more elite guards and then approaching you flanked by elite guards Farmus and telegio telegio i was going up to stargaze are you joining me because you found me and i'm not done yet mm. it's kind of urgent i don't know What's kind of urgent is it's my first time in the city. I just passed La Cultura, and it's right here. So let's just go up real quick, and then I'll go back and do what I don't know, whatever the sacerdote has for me to do at eleven o'clock at night. Can I? Can I get a union up in here? There's the Strigarita union, right? When do I get my fifteen, Telegio? Telegio is smiling along, but you can tell that he is not sold at all. And as you are having this conversation, Kunik looks to you and messages you. What's the plan B here? Okay, well, plan A was I go up there, you grab a warg, I open the gate, I jump off the other side of the gate, you ride through, I feather fall, land on the warg, and we ride off into the sunset. Wow. That is absolutely sick. I would still like to do plan A if I can get this fucking baldy off my back. Okay. Uh, But plan B is, I don't know, I fucking burn the gate down and we run. I can't let you do that. I can't let you... She looks to you, and you see Telegio goes, Well? And she silently and quickly communicates with you. It is more advantageous in the long run for you to not besmirch your name. You're right. All right. So, I don't know. Help me convince... Can you can you puke on command? Make Telegio take care of you or something. Telegio goes, The two of you are standing there quietly. Kunik. You don't look so good. Kunik um, looks around. 
I'm going to shit my pants and runs into an alley. Give me a deception check. No advantage on yeah, this. Yeah, Just no, a regular. Fair. fair. That, oh, that, <laughs> that shawarma went right through me. She is not holding it well. Not one. Well, actually, not not one. Just a, a one, because it was a two. Minus a one. two. So uh, uh, a simple one. A sim- <laughs> a, 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 not a, a natch. Not a snatch one. <laughs> um, as you watch Kunik begin to run towards the alley, Telegio's arm in a flash grabs her by the scruff of her neck and pulls her back in. You know, maybe we should go look at the stars. It's a great idea. Come on, Kunik. Puts an arm around her. Goes... Farmus, why don't you stay here with the others? And she nods as the three of you begin to walk towards I the I put tower. an arm around Telegio. He puts his other arm around you. Come on, gang. Three buddies, right? Stargazing, I love it. This is very uncomfortable, Kunik muttering under her breath. Having such a great night. Walk into the tower and once again navigate your way to the top. In but a few moments, you were back where you were, looking out over the city and the forest. Telegio smiles you know you were right Stonegrede. it is so beautiful up here the world looks so big mm. so big so what was it the sacerdote wanted i don't want to keep him waiting for long if it's really urgent oh nothing it was just that he he said that there was some sort of security issue and as the head of our military forces in many ways thought you should be there to investigate. I should absolutely take care of that. Right after this. Very fair. We can take a moment. And you two stand there. Kunik looking between the two of you. She messages you again. I can get you out of here. No, he's on to us. If you don't come with... You're done for. Do you think we could? I hate to say it. I glance over the wall and glance at. We're still all standing, arm in arm. And you're looking towards the city, correct? No, I'm looking out. Okay. You look out towards the forest. You are technically up there with four other people as well. It is a large, this is like a 15 foot, maybe 20 foot wide top here so there is space and you guys are all against that wall it's like you're on the top of the empire state building there's some people nearby but you guys are kind of isolated i kind of like um message to kunik like an imaginary picture of um us like just straight up bringing our arms forward and like toppling with telegio off of the ground one i can feather fall once you know i can maybe grab you once we hit the ground we might have to fight him but at least and worse, not up here with all the guards. It's difficult. I was hoping maybe we'd get some kind of mount or something, but my, it's not working out that way. My plan was announce like I'm cooing and just kind of make enough chaos for you to escape. Oh, whoa. That's crazy. Don't do that. We're both doing crazy plans. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna topple him? Toji goes... Mm. I already miss going out, you know. It was nice to be on the hunt, and now that you're here, and I'm assigned as your, you know, 
private security force. I'll be around you more and less out in the fields like I'd like to be. Yeah. I like field work, too. What's that down there? Hmm? Looks <laughs> over. <laughs> and I guess I will try and, like, just lean my body forward. This is going to be an opposed grapple check. Okay. And I will say that Kunik is going to help you. Right. But ultimately, um, you're going to be the one rolling. Right. So roll with advantage and athletics check, and I will do the same for ya boy. 26. You just beat him. Yes! With a 23, you follow the momentum, leaning into the gravity. You feel Kunik's arm latching around yours as the two of you I grab her hand behind Telegio's and cast Featherfall on us, but not him. You grab her hand, touch the feather, as the three of you topple over the side of the wall. What are you doing? As you begin to fall, you two start to float and begin to gracefully head towards the ground as Telegio plummets 70 feet. Can I roll the falling damage? Yes, you can roll Thank the falling you. damage. Thank you. How much is it? 76. 76. Okay. Wow, that was my DM knowledge came in there. I loved that for you. 26 damage. You watch as Telegio <laughs> crashes into the snow below. You immediately hear calls of like, Oh my god, what is going on? What's that over there? Um, as various elite guards from both towers peer over the side and watch you and Kunik like <laughs> parachute down and land not far from the forest. Telegio slowly rising with a groan <clears throat> and looks towards you and Kunik. This grunt is trying to capture the Stegorede. Put her down. And you watch as a bunch of the towers nearby begin to focus their bolts towards you guys. You probably have one round to react. I look up at the towers that all just pointed towards Kunik, and I point my finger at Telegio and go, This man just tried to kidnap the Stregorede! Let's do opposed deception checks. Okay, hoping that since we all fell off. That, um, In the confusing. chaos of three people falling off the top of a tower. He pulled me. No, she pulled me. No, no, no. No, the Stregorede must have hit her head. The fuck are you doing? 18. 14. <laughs> you see the rest of the towers. There's like a bunch of bickering beginning to emerge. It doesn't make any sense. Why would Telegio do that? Doesn't it? He put me in shackles when I first arrived. That's true. That's true. But he's been against her the whole time. Tell the Sasardote. Now the Kunik was the one challenging her. It makes more sense. Because Kunik cares about the Stregorati and the Tusk. These are all really good answers, actually. That's pretty logical. You see, Telegio looks to you. You never were for the first might, were you? I have dreams for the first might like you wouldn't believe. I'm for it more than you are, actually. I invoke your taglio. Can, can you do that? You can do that right now? You see all of the weapons trained on him. Can you do that right now? I, I'm a goblin. I don't know. You tell me. There's, hold on. We have to go consult someone. You see Kunik standing. Um, essentially, it's like you, Telegio, and then Kunik right between the two of you. And Telegio looks to you, drawing his blade. And someone comes back from the top of the tower. An orc who has passed the Kaldora 
and is a member of the First Mites, you can challenge at any time. Incredible. That makes a lot of sense. I will just get ready to be doing that. I look at Kunik, like, message her. We're, we're fast, right? She, um, touching the grasshopper leg in her hand, pats you on the shoulder and nods to you. I draw out the tusk, crouching low, one hand forward, the sword pointed towards him, and then I'm going to try and just alley-oop run through the space under his arm. Ooh, okay. Or actually, she casts jump on me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try and jump over him. Okay. Yeah. You do, I mean, it is a, you triple your jumping distance essentially. So you could normally jump 20 feet if you have 10 feet of running, probably about 10 feet. So you could jump like 30 feet right now. You spring into the air. Time slows as everyone, as they watch you leap beyond and with strength beyond strength. They haven't seen the casting. You are soaring into the air. You see Telegio does take an attack of opportunity on you. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a 25 to hit. Yeah, it'll hit. 13 damage, and you tumble to the ground as he uses his sentinel feet to keep you from going anywhere. Mm. You cannot run from a challenge. He towers over you. Let's roll initiative. Okay. That did not go as planned. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're good, Kunik. Um, that is a nine for me. Top of the round, as you tumble to the ground and begin to scramble to your feet, Telegio is already rushing towards you with his great axe. You see, Kunik looks to you, run, and is going to, with a nat 20 on her initiative, tackle Telegio. Yes! <laughs> um, and she does this screaming, fuck you, old man. I challenge you to a taglio. As she tackles into him, they're going to do opposed grapple checks. Oh my god. That is double 19. Oh, they both add 9 to this, so it's a, it's a full matchup. The two lock into each other. He uses his great axe to hold her off. She only has her battle axe, so she's essentially one-handed, like trying to push into him um, as they begin to tussle. Um, she uses her second attack to once again do this. That's a 22 to a 16. And with this second attack, she kicks out his leg and the two tumble over each other and are now grappling, rolling in the snow. He goes, you disgrace yourself, Grunt. And she goes, when you're at the bottom, there's nothing else you can do. That is her turn. It is now Telegio's turn. He looks up at the towers and goes, fire! Um, They're not confused by the fact that I said that he was kidnapping me. They see, here's what I'm, the scenario to paint here is that you are five feet from two people that are scrambling on the ground. Mm -hmm. One of them, they believe might have been capturing you. Okay. The other one, they were like, this is a grunt and expendable. (laughs) The two grappling together, you see Kunik is on top, pressing down with her battle axe, and looks up as the two nearest towers line up arcane shots and and shoot torrents of flames. You watch as it literally scorches down from the tower over your ally and enemy, and then 
200 feet beyond that into the forest. Is it a spell? It is a just an arcane blast. Okay. There's no spell happening. It's just powered up arcane energy. And they have it set to fire. They roll dex saves. Telegio passes. Cunic mm. uh, does not. Mm. Can you roll me... Uh, actually, you know what? I'll do it. That's mean of me to it be like, mean. can you do this for me? Can you roll damage well, on wait, your wait, I friend? roll a lot of ones on damage, so... All right, should. I'll roll 3d10, you roll 3d10. Okay. Six, two, one. Thirty-one damage to her, half to him, as this torrent of flame burns through them. They both scream in pain, but Telegio grabs her. You failed. Um, that is his turn and her turn. It is now your turn. Feeling pure menace at Telegio um, and really unable to just run and leave Kunik trapped in a position where she will probably die if I leave her. Um, Zola focuses this pure rage at Telegio and uses an ability she has not used before, which is my inflict wounds. I will run over. I have to uh, touch him. So I, You can do that with the tusk, basically. It's like you're channeling that energy. Nice, exactly. I swing the tusk his way and will cast, um, use my inflict wounds. That's going to be 3d10 of necrotic damage. 21? 21 hits. Okay. Woo! 20 necrotic damage. Whoa! Rolled really good. That is my action. Damn. Bonus action. I will second wind because I'm nervous. The fact that we are fighting right now, I need as much healing as I can get. <laughs> I rolled a one again, but that's okay. I get 10 hit points back. And then I'll use my action surge. And I would like to use my action surge to essentially join the pile and try and wrestle Kunik away from him. Okay. Um, basically a grapple check. Like so playing let's... tug of war over Kunik. Okay, let's do opposed grapple. 17. You rolled six plus nine, 15. You tear Kunik off of him as he's, I mean, she was kind of grappling him. So honestly, if anything, you kind of did him a slight favor, but you pull her away from him and the two of you stumble back. You see those arcane cannons, they need a full recharge. It takes them a long time. So you now see that they're loading bolts into it that look like capture bolts. Okay. I've got like hands under her uh, armpits and I'm like stumbling back. Basically, if I can like drag her half of my movement or something like, yeah. away from him. You pull her away from him. As you do this, she looks over to you and goes, I don't mind having to stay behind, but we do need to kill him. Otherwise, it's his word versus mine. Yeah. If he's dead, then I can give you a good story. Okay, just trying to get away from these giant guns, I guess. A good idea. She's still patting out the flames. Okay, so that is top of the round. It's her turn. She looks to you and nods and goes, I can't believe you would betray the Stregorede! And looks to you and winks very obviously. Um, and then she is going to run forward and she is going to cast Hold Person on Telegio. Essentially making it so that if you hit, you crit automatically. Nice. You guys could take him out as fast as possible. He rolls a wisdom save. Not with the trans dice, that's transphobic. He is going to pass. Um, she she holds out and, and looks at him in the eye, and you feel a brief moment as he like kind of locks up, and then he shrugs it off and goes, You magic users. 
So predictable. And he begins to rise and approach. Um, he is going to rush forward to Kunik and swing out on his three attacks. Natural two on the first. 16 plus 9 on the second, so that is a 25 that even with her shield hits. And then the last one is a dirty 20. She doesn't have her armor on right now, so that mm. would also hit. Okay, so two hits, 21 damage to Kunik as he <laughs> cuts her twice. He seems to be very hyper aware of mages and how they work. Mm -hmm. He rushes forward, and as she's like coming back from like reeling from the spell, he gets under and cuts under her arm and goes behind her and attempts to like jab the great axe into her throat, and she's like barely holding it off with her battle axe. This has gone beyond you, Taglio. Tell the sacerdote. Uh, give me a persuasion. Oh, give me an intimidation check. Okay. Five. Five. You see, they're all like, I don't know. Seems like a good show to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, goes, that was a good try. Honestly, great. Yeah. The, word will anything. get back. Word will get back. Um, it will spread. Um, Triangle will <laughs> say something. <laughs> um, it is now your turn. Telegio, I'll tell you right now, is looking hurt. It may not be like a next hit thing, but he, compared to that first hit you did on him, he's looking hurt now. Running at him like a berserker with the tusk, um, realizing that my magical defenses maybe are will be seen through by him, but I can just good old fashioned try and hit him with steel. Does a 30 hit on the first one? He's gonna use his once a day, please don't hit me a bit. No, yes, a 30 hits. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then <laughs> does, a, um, does a 32 hit. <laughs> Actually, the 32 definitely doesn't. Yes, they both hit. Sick. Wow, that might be the first time I've rolled two attacks both over 30. That, that was insane. Was what did you roll on that? I have plus 13 for the tusk and I rolled oh, a 17 and a 19. Wow. Oh my god, so close to a crit. So good, I know. I haven't crit in a really long time. It's been a little bit. I've crit like once on the show. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I'm just saying I crit success a lot, but I don't crit hit. Yes. 29 damage. You run forward and your blade strikes true, slicing deep into his chest and splitting out the other side. He grabs it, his great ax still in the other, trying to bear down upon the Kunik. You should have challenged me in the woods, but you left it to Kunik because you were too much of a coward. I had respect for you. I will tell everyone of what you did, of what happens here. As you finish that off, Kunik goes, you never will have the chance uh, and is gonna take her attacks on him. First one does not hit. Second one does hit. I'm actually gonna have you roll the damage on this. Give me a D8. She adds five to the damage. Five. With exactly 10 hit points left, you watch as Kunik pushes him off you, the blade pulling out through his chest. He gasps in pain, blood spilling from his mouth as she reels and with a single swipe beheads him his bald head tumbling into the snow nearby. She looks to you, the flames still burning all around you, clouding the air with smoke and obscuring this fight from the towers above. I'll find a way to lie to them about this. Go. I'm, I'm scared to go alone. You can do this. You got this far. 
Lie well, Kunik. I'm incredibly good at it. Okay! <laughs> she gives you a quick handshake and nods to you. If I find your parents, I'll send word. She smiles sadly. Thank you. Stilton, come on! Um, comes down, swooping through everyone as you make your way towards the trees nearby, using the cover of the chaos to slip into the darkness. And that is where we'll end our episode tonight. Wow. Wow. Did I think that maybe you'd get out early enough to do other things? Potentially. Rough time out of the city and lost my ally. And you didn't even get a warg. I guess I'll have to find one in the the woods. I'll find a wild one. A wild warg in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Try Not to Die. Thank you especially to our Eldritch patrons. If you would like to become an Eldritch patron, go to patreon.com slash try not to die pod. Future Noah here. Stay tuned after this episode's shoutouts to hear a special peek behind the screen of The Afterlife, the exclusive bonus talkback show where we discuss what happened in the episode while pretending to chase my cat Shisha through the multiverse. Alright, back to the regular plugs. I'm always going to be plugging the pitch, gang. We got some good stuff up there. That July content surge is definitely up there by now. <laughs> It's, I'll tell you right now, because you guys are in the future. It's set in Margaritaville. That's all you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) The extra planar dimension of Margaritaville. Good ideas. This is a quality podcast. (laughs) Uh, Lisa, any plugs that you would like to toss into the multiverse? You know, I'm going to say if you enjoy this show and you have um, any connections to um, a podcast network that you want to connect us with, we're trying to grow the show. We're yeah. trying to make it happen. We're trying to pitch to execs and stuff. So if you enjoy the the body of work that we have and you are in some way, I don't know, um, have some kind of nepotism or yeah. <laughs> strings to you can tap pull. And think of us, two, two little trends in New York City. We've got student loans. Be our benefactor. Be our zaddy. <laughs> Neither of us have trust funds. Zero we trust. Promise. I have no trust. <laughs> Um, yes, please. If you want to be our sugar daddy. <laughs> Which is also, you can do the Patreon for that if you oh, don't yeah. happen to I'll have nepotism. I'll plug being our sugar daddy or sugar mommy or sugar envy. Yes. Give us some sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I am your neighbor. Um, yes. Thank you once again for listening. Until next time, try not to die. All hail our eldritch patrons. Especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, Elana, Emily, Jacob, James, Joey, Kate, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Bronstetter, and producer Daddies, Becca Mount and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. But don't close that book yet. It's time for the special preview of The Afterlife. We peak early in this episode. <laughs> we, you get a, a nat 20 to <laughs> spot the elite guards who have been tailing you. Mm-hmm. And then you get another nat 20 to, to avoid hide from them. them. That was so great, though. I honestly don't even mind that like things got messy later on because it was just so smooth start it made sense that it was like this massive party pours out of the uh out of the chiesa (laughs) and then i just am gone 
yeah i'm I'm just gone just gone and then from that moment on it's like them trying to find me and it makes sense that they would find me they are probably good guards they're very good (laughs) but they let their guard down while i was drinking (laughs) yes and you know they just all they had to do was lose you for a second and Mm -hmm. that gave you the opportunity to for me I thought you would go out the back and meet up with Kunik, but it gave you the opportunity instead to sneak back towards the Chiesa and inscribe a little message on the, you know, the 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 news trunk. (laughs) And I have that message. I have that message written here. Those who are gone can never be forgotten. Those with one eye closed are practically blind. Long live mozzarella. You like that? You like my revolutionary phrase? I loved it. It put an incredible button on what you're doing here because, again, we're in the endgame now. I don't really want to spend five episodes for you to set up a coup. I want you to, like... Come in, make an impact. Inciting incident, inciting, baby. Yeah, give these characters <laughs> their inciting incident. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm out of here. So you um, inscribe this message, and I mean, I was blown away on so many levels. I Thanks. obviously you had, you had prepared it beforehand. I had no idea. Um, definitely was pretty proud of the phrase. Those with one eye closed are practically blind. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's pretty good, Lisa. <laughs> and what like what drew you to do this? Was it was it kind of fueled by what I was saying with like. You knew you had to leave soon, and you were like, "We're gonna have time to spend five episodes on a coup yeah. kind of thing." Or? No, okay, this was um, totally spurred by the conversation that I had with Kunik in the bathroom, where I found out that these people have not chosen what they believe; they have been lied to and led to believe that what Sacerdote believes is the only thing that exists. Yes, and so at that moment, I was like okay, this isn't just like a everyone is willfully thing. Like these people are literally being hoodwinked into like believing what Sacerdotic. Just groups. Exactly. Like it's a cult. And so I was like, okay, I need to say something. It was really fun. I know we're going to talk about it more, but it was really interesting how this was subverted for Zola in the end with it having to be blamed on Telegio because Mm. I really think that Zola... um, hated that she had to play by the rules here and really wanted more than anything to just go out guns blazing and be like this is what i stand for i'm the stregorede like this is wrong you all now know what i believe in like she wants to be open and proud about that but it's not politically the best move right now so it's another moment where gorgonzola like finally says what she really means and is honest and then her attempt at honesty is then covered up like as a lie by other people to like for political motivation and all these things sustain things long enough. yeah even though it's for her it's another moment where she's like ah, again i am being used as a figurehead but it's like she's ha- kind of has to accept that whichever way the revolution happens it happens even if telegio is going to be this like false figurehead Mm. It's it's such a little twisty thing. So this is where we go back to the peak of your interest, my friend. Yes. In the fact that the big thing from episode 75, the big takeaway from that conversation with the Stregorede, the first Stregorede, that right. is, was in order to be worthy of, like, essentially not even be worthy you need step to be into yourself. my power. Yeah, yes, exactly. Right. You have to step into your power and it has to be your power and there's no more no lies about it. You got to be mm-hmm. truthful. You got to just be who you are and this is an example of how 
we're not there yet. We're yes. almost there. Zola's trying so for the first time. So she's trying for yeah. the first time, and that's huge. And ultimately, she succeeds. I mean, someone's going to read that message and be like, who the fuck put this here? Even right. if they don't know it's you, it's, you still did yeah. that. That's it's just an truth. ego moment for Zola being like, I don't get to be here. Like, I don't get to be here and watch the realization come over these people's totally. eyes as they are like, we have been lied to. Let's do something about it. And that's oh. the moment Zola really wanted with her people. But it, it's not... It, that's not her job right now. Her job is to find her mom. Yes. Someone else is going to do it for her. And without revealing what anime, it's one of my favorites, <laughs> and without revealing... <laughs> yes, and without revealing yeah. what anime. anime. <laughs> um, there is one where essentially they are trying to... It's it's like very end. That's why mm-hmm. I can't tell you what anime. Okay. So they're, they're throwing a coup. They're having a little bit of a coup. Okay. And in doing this coup, they're delicately navigating the political situation because the public support is around the government Mm -hmm. and they need to keep support for the government so that when they take over people aren't like we don't trust you you're a part of the government right so they're like simultaneously causing the coup and being like we're defending against the coup you know like they're right they're like shifting public opinion exactly so they're trying to be like like they're like the leader, the one they oppose, right. is being attacked. We're trying to protect them. You know what I mean? They're like reframing things so right. people don't know who to like trust and like don't know who to believe. And then when it's all over and they've if they've won, they can set the terms. Yeah. And that is kind of what Kunick is hoping to set you up for. You guys right. haven't said it, but I will. You know, I'll tell the I'll tell the audience. I've already written the lie out for myself. Uh, and and without you know, I mean, you'll hear it. But right. essentially. Accusing Telegio of being a mozzarella supporter. And yeah, like, like having a secret yes, mozzarella base. Like this agenda that he's like trying to put together essentially. It's like infiltrating. Exactly. And so, like, the, you know, it's the ultimate pull. Like, he, they, they had that culling where they removed mozzarella and her supporters long, mm-hmm. long ago. And yet he's been playing under the radar this right. whole time. You know, it's like it's a very crazy. Like, crazy this is very lie. like Red Scare, like totally. communist. Or, and it's cool because it's also putting. Kunick back into this position of power and right. also is like, okay, this makes sense because Telegio like saw the Stregorede and like was super zealous and captured her and wanted to bring her to the city and was like all about getting the tusk back and stuff. Yeah. It even buys you grace with Sacerdote Adrahan. Mm-hmm. Like it's it doesn't it simultaneously protects you. It and protects the timeline of Harvest. The Beat, timeline. Which yes. is which is smart. I was resistant against it at first. I was like, no, fuck, this isn't important. Like, Kunik, you have to come with me. But then when I kind of realized, I was like, if Kunik comes with me, then the timeline is blown and Sacerdote maybe marches after me, like, Absolutely. tomorrow, right I'll, now. I'll confirm. They would have. They would have been like, I mean, one of three things. Either they are like, the, the Stregorator betrayed us, let's go mm-hmm. after her. Or they're like, the Stregorate has been captured by Kunik and we need to go after her and save her. Right. And then the third option is just like, the Stregorate has flat out disappeared. This throws a huge plan in our invasion and, you know, uh, probably about 11 or so, 10, maybe 10 mm-hmm. days. And so what do we do? Okay, well, let's create a lie that maybe the elves got her so we can just right, speed up, speed up that whole yeah. thing. But yeah, it would have essentially been like, 
accelerated, you know, and yeah. they've been and in erased this... all the work that I did. Yeah. And I would, I would honestly, I would have hated that. So yeah. I'm glad that, you know, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but I'm glad For that sure. it ended up going the way that, that it went. Me too. It was, it was painful. This is <laughs> definitely a painful moment for Gorgonzola, uh, was the reality of Kunuk not coming along, but I know you want to talk through the whole app. Yes, I will. And we will spend a little time at the end to talk more about that, I promise. Well, that's all for this sneak preview of The Afterlife, the exclusive bonus show for Try Not to Die. We hope you'll join us for this weekly release by signing up for the $5 tier on our Patreon, patreon.com slash try not to die pod. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, try not to die. <laughs>